Hello, I'm Jason Barnwell. I work on legal business operations and strategy for Microsoft. Today, I am chatting with Rebecca Benavides, Director of Legal Business at Microsoft. This is one of the hallway conversations that I have with my colleagues that we want to share more broadly to offer insights into how we operate our business here. Thank you so much for making the time to chat today, Rebecca. Sure, of course. So I, I want to introduce folks uh, to a bit of your background because I think it's important to contextualize where you're coming from um, because it flavors so much of what you do here. So can you give us a little bit of your background and how you got here? Sure. So um, I think like most people in my generation, my background to the point where I am now took kind of a winding uh, path. Um, I sort of fancy myself as a bit of a legal chameleon, um, which is sort of being, I've learned to be flexible, adaptable to the changing sort of legal industry. Um, I started off as a practicing lawyer. I went to law school, had dreams of um, working in a law firm and becoming a partner. Um, I did that for about eight years and realized it kind of wasn't what I wanted to do and needed a, a little bit of a break. Um, so I was a litigator for about eight years. Um, I then went overseas and worked at a legal process outsourcer. So I trained um, foreign lawyers to do kind of a high volume, low level um, outsourced legal work, which was very interesting. Um, and really, from my perspective, it helped me kind of hone the, the skills I needed to think about the business of law, um, efficiency, profitability, um, process improvement, um, all of those things about learning how to scale your delivery model. It, it was really great and it was a wonderful experience. Um, I came back to the US and I went back to the law firms, but this time in a business role. So around that time, law firms were just beginning to latch on to um, roles around legal project management and pricing. And so I was hired to basically establish the firm's legal project management program and teach our part or teach the firm's partners um, how to get better at the work that they were delivering, how to use firm resources to the fullest potential in order to meet client um, requests. Um, I then moved into the pricing function, which really was then much more focused on, you know, everybody talks about alternative fee arrangements. I had no shortage of partners who wanted to try alternative fee arrangements, but the firm was always worried that we enter into these engagements and lo and behold, no one's tracking how we're doing. Um, and so while we have revenue targets, we most certainly have profitability targets. So combining the legal project management um, discipline with the pricing discipline meant that I helped lawyers think about you want to do X for X price, but what are the component pieces of how you're going to deliver and how are you going to deliver it more efficiently that not only pleases your client because you've done it for the price that they have asked, um, you've also shown them new ways of how you can work, um, but also you've created a, a nice, comfortable profit margin for the firm. And about a year ago, I was hired by Microsoft to um, basically set up the program around their AFA initiative. Um, as, as you know, uh, we have a, a stated goal of getting 90% of our legal spend under what I would call value-based pricing arrangements. Um, and so 
you know, such as the the life that I've led, um, that role has now changed. I'm still very much responsible for that, but now have a broader role um, as the director of legal business, which, you know, in a nutshell means that I'm kind of responsible for the programs and initiatives that guide our engagement with our law firms and our legal service suppliers. So I, I, I must remark that I get to see you operate uh, up close, and it is delightful to watch all of the skills that you bring to bear Thank you. when you do your work. Because it's I think it's instructive to lay out for people all of the, the work that you've done as a practicing attorney, thinking about how you really take the practice of law and make it efficient and scale, and then turn that into a profitable, healthy business. Because you're doing what is effectively the, the other side of the coin uh, for all of that here, right? Um, and yeah. so, all of the your your skills and abilities really are are brought to bear. Um, and I, I think that it has been also really impressive to watch you be a fulcrum for so many of our folks here, because one of the challenges that I think many practicing attorneys have is they're just busy, right? Sure, yeah. And so they want to do the, the thing that makes things more efficient. They want to do the right thing. And you have done an amazing job of supporting them so that they have the tools and they have the support they need to really transition how they engage with outside mm-hmm. counsel and, and other suppliers so that they are getting more value. And I, I want to start off, you know, really going to what you were talking about. So alternative fee arrangements, mm-hmm. v- value focused. What, 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 what's the difference? <laughs> Help me understand. What are those? What, yeah, what, 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 what are these things you're talking yes. about? Um, so, so you're right. Um, I do believe that there is a difference between an, an alternative fee arrangement and a value-based fee arrangement. Um, and I do think that most people whose function either at a law firm or um, in-house, who, where, if this is where they spend their world, appreciate that that difference. Um, you know, in my mind, an alternative fee arrangement is nothing more than doing a, a fee model that is different than hourly. Um, And that, to me, presents sometimes a very transactional approach to an engagement. It is so great, you know, on an hourly basis, I could have built a budget and it would have cost you X. I'll just convert that to one single fee amount and now I've done an alternative fee arrangement. Yay, we're all happy. It's not quite what we're going for, although in some instances that model can provide value because in the right type of arrangement, that gives you the value of transparency and predictability from the client perspective and quite honestly from a law firm perspective if they manage it properly. Um, On the other hand, the value-based pricing, I think, is where we get into kind of the higher level engagement that we're all striving for. It is basically establishing a model in which there is um, beneficial rewards for both the law firm and the client. And from the client perspective, that could mean anything from, you know, a more efficient model of working from the law firm. It could mean, you know, 
introducing us to more of your um, junior resources because we appreciate that that is how you're going to scale the work that you do for us and also introduce us to the next generation of folks that are going to do our work. And that matters to us. Consistency and, and continuing to feed that pipeline of lawyers who do our work is important to us. Um, it also means bringing technology to bear. Um, so much of my time at the law firm was spent helping our the partners understand that the firm had made investments in certain technology. And that was there to help them deliver client work in a more efficient way. Automate processes that didn't have to be performed by a person anymore. No more manual chalk up billable hours because even if you're in a um, non-hourly fee arrangement environment, the you're still tracking hours. So and and your costs could increase if you're still going on a if you're still using a manual process when automation could remove that from the equation. Um, and so, you know, the, the value-based arrangements are those for us that bring all of that to bear. And so, you know, as one great example we did in our annual summit, we had a panel of some of our um, senior uh, lawyers here at SELA who talked about some of the value that they've derived from these engagements. And what was so great about that discussion is that not one of them mentioned price. They talked about better in process improvement. They talked about um, their law firms providing a repository of documents so that they had templates and forms to help speed the velocity of the work the next time. Um, they talked about the law firm providing them with additional associate resources that were basically there to be there for client meetings and to help kind of support our internal legal teams. Um, they talked about how, you know, they had built sort of better process documents. So it wasn't just I've given you a bunch of templates and a database or a SharePoint site with a bunch of documents. It was here's the playbook, here's the process. Here's how every time we do this, we're going to get better and better at how we do it. Um, and the heart of that, in my mind, the value there, and this is where it goes back to the value to the firm. So I've talked a lot about what it that value to the client or Microsoft, the value to those firms is they've created a real sort of sticking point with our lawyers. Now they have introduced us to people at their firm that we want to work with, that we're invested in. Um, they've introduced us to ways of working that we really like and we find beneficial. To, to, to remove them or for another firm to come in and unseat those firms from those relationships, I think would be really hard at this point because those firms have positioned themselves as compelling partners. Mm -hmm. And so that's the value of these fee arrangements to the firms. If they use it wisely, um, it is creating that deeper, richer engagement with your client and that stickiness that, you know, I think every partner at every law firm is very much interested in finding that kind of sweet spot with their clients. Mm -hmm. So you're you're right. And uh, so when I was a, a practicing attorney here, um, it even my simple work was a little bit complicated. It's not so the work here is not, you know, mass torts where, right. you, you know, you can basically have your cookie cutters and just kind of stamp them out. 
because we're a middle-aged technology company <laughs> and we have a you know a history and, and a, hopefully a very bright future, we have a lot of quirks and curious features sure. about how everything works here. Um, and it takes real time to understand that, to learn our mm-hmm. business, to learn our language. Gosh, our acronyms here are just like murderous, right? <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. And it really, I think you're right that you're highlighting something that I don't know that's obvious to people on the outside, which is to do our work well requires a bunch of learning. Mm-hmm. It requires real investment. And the firms that do it best take exactly that in- intergenerational approach that you're talking about yeah. where... They don't just have you know one group of, p- of people who show up and then they age out and then they you know start at zero. They really do try to feather people in and bring them along because navigating this place is is complicated and it, it is and it requires that investment. I also uh, I, I noticed you you know you were very explicit about saying we're not looking to chisel <laughs> our, <laughs> our, our partners and you use the word partner really and I think when you say it in, a, in the way that is I want you to thrive and I think it's important. And what you're saying there is when our firms are are successful and they thrive, they want to do our business, Mm -hmm. right? And that causes them to bring the best of who they are and who they have to our business, which makes us happier, happier customers. And so I I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you're offering there. And it's funny because, you know, you and I get to have these fantastic conversations (laughs) with uh, outside counsel. And sometimes you see them um, use approaches that probably work elsewhere. And don't always work that well here. Um, and so I think it's it's interesting to maybe uh, talk about that a little bit and think about, let's, let's talk about the best way to get work here, right? So I think we're, we're, we are, as a company, seeking to bring a little bit more competition mm-hmm. into much of our work. Again, as you noted, not specifically to drive to the lowest cost because, <laughs> Poor outcomes, uh, right. cheaply yes. purchased, or yes. not valued. And so I'm curious if you have any thoughts on as we kind of embark on using a little bit more competition, any any insights, tips, tricks uh, that would help firms navigate where we're going. Sure, and and I would say that I do appreciate that that it there is a dilemma here faced by firms. Um, you know, every client is going to have a different approach, and you can't escape the reality that Microsoft is an institutional client, but it with a big C, but we are made up of a lot of small C's. Um, and so institutional client big C may have a certain focus, but when you meet smaller C, it may be different. And so I appreciate that that dilemma that clients may face by saying, I wanted to do X, which is what you're talking about, but when I talk to this person, it doesn't seem like they quite get it, or they're not bought in on that, which is fair. And then I think the you have to be understanding of the fact that companies, law firms, corporations are made up of people with their individual sort of um, proclivities and, and what have you. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't stick with it and try to perhaps abide by a few, um, I don't know if these are words of wisdom, but things that I think work or that I have seen work is probably the better way to put it. Um, so you're right. We are introducing more um, what I call comparative bidding um, in our processes when we go to hire firms for our work. Um, and I use the word comparative because this isn't a competition. Um, it really is good 
business practice. Um, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't spend a lot of your own money on something if you didn't get at least one or two different options. You would compare them and see who has more experience than the other, who's going to use the right people, who has better relationships, you know, if you're building a house with the subcontractors and, you know, the other party. So why wouldn't you do that when you're buying legal services on behalf of Microsoft? Um, So, you know, I will say that I think one very important um, lesson to take from this is to really pay attention to what the client is stating as their evaluation criteria. So I do think, and I'll be very honest, I do think as clients we need to get better at defining our ask. Um, And that ask could be different than a detailed outline of scope. Sometimes we know what that looks like and sometimes we don't. However, from a very high level, I think our lawyers are pretty good at saying what our objectives are, what we're looking for in terms of the high level criteria. And so that could be anything from, you know, very particular experience that we need, um, strategy. Um, It could be geographic coverage that we really need. It could be how you might, um, you know, if you don't have coverage in a certain jurisdiction, how you might facilitate that. Um, You know, it could be your willingness to engage on value-based fee arrangements and how you might structure those, even if we're not at a place where we're asking you to pin that to a certain dollar amount. Um, And so, You know, I think that firms that win tend to explain their strategy in a very direct way that takes into account not only the substantive legal issues, but also the practical and business issues as well. Um, So, you know, one of the one of the very interesting parts that I like about my job is when I see, you know, matters come across my desk where we're thinking about bidding out or or farming out to a firm, how much of what our lawyers are looking for is not just the issue of I need you to solve this or answer this legal riddle for me. It is, oh, And there's a regulatory aspect that we need to be thinking about. There is a certain, you know, commercial aspect that we need to think about. And so the firms that do well are those that answer the strategy question on a cross, sort of functional cross-discipline way, taking into account the fact that we are a business at the end of the day that needs to propel ourselves forward. And we need to do that in a way that obviously abides by all of the laws and you know, procedures that are out there, but we want to be a little bit forward looking. And so the, the best firms that bring that to bear and explain that to us are the ones that tend to sort of win our work. Um, how do you not get it? If you don't answer the question, that's a real quick way to not. And it's it's interesting how often um, our lawyers get keyed into, well, they just didn't answer the question. And the answer is, yes, there are a lot of words on this page, but you're right. <laughs> you know, word count does not equal question answered. Um, 
the other thing that I will say is remember that this still is a comparative bidding sort of exercise. And so, you know, it is beneficial for firms to put their best foot forward in terms of not only the things that I talked about, their strategy, their experience, sort of if there's any geographic coverage issues that we're looking for, but also what else do they have to bear on the work, which then gets into a lot of the things that, you know, you've been talking about and others have been talking about, which is the the process improvement, the efficiency, the, you know, the value add components that they could throw in. Because, you know, one of the things that I do find interesting is when you are side by side, and I appreciate that these are, you know, sort of blind um, undertakings. The firms don't know who's doing what, and they don't obviously see the other's proposal. But, you know, it, it, it is very apparent when the strategy or proposed method of delivery looks very much kind of like a transaction. Like this is sort of our traditional way of working. You asked us X, we're gonna give you X and that's all we're gonna do. Versus seeing a proposal that says, you asked for this, we considered these other things that you maybe should be looking at. And you know, if you wanna do just X, Here's one way we could do it, and here's maybe a price approach, you know, tied to that. If you want to take into consideration some of these other things, here's what that looks like from a strategy or process uh, standpoint, and here's a price around that. And great third option number three is if you want to combine both approaches, here's a strategy and a price around that. And I do think that compared to just single way, single answer, when you see those optionalities, it really does light up our lawyers. Like they, I mean, it, it's funny because I think it's just very, it's a very human reaction. Like you like options. You like seeing other things that could be possible, even if you decide I'm not, you know, I'm going to go with the straight and narrow because that's kind of what I needed. Um, and I, I do think that that's, very helpful, and when that pops up in one of these sort of comparative bidding situations, um, most of the time, that um, that proposal sort of wins the day because they've offered up something different. And even if our, you know, even if we go with the lowest price or least, you know, complex strategy, um, what it also tends to do is show our lawyers that that. Um, counsel or that provider actually is really thinking about these and it's a really great way to impress without doing much without doing much more than you know thinking through some issues you know granted we're not paying you to do that but in my mind that's an investment that you've made in trying to develop our business i think you offered some gems there that i want to circle back on um so one of the uh, recent comparative uh, bids that you uh, you ran, the winner was not the conventional approach, and one of the things that I, was was interesting about that was they addressed the legal issues, but they also thought about the implementation mm-hmm. that it w- ultimately was going to come from that, and so. They didn't stop at, okay, so I've answered your question. They really thought about, and if you were going to operationalize this, we could help you with that too. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things where I see a lot of uh, attorneys, they get 
they, they get tripped up by the by the nature of our practice, which is you came to me with a legal issue or a question and I answered that faithfully and then I stopped. Yes. And I didn't take it to the point of, oh, and by the way, I have a deep understanding of the, the fundamental business problem you're trying to solve. And here are additional things that I could do to help you with that. And by the way, mm-hmm. in explaining all these additional things I could do, I'm really making it clear that I understand your business. Yes. And it's not just, you know, so and so even if I only answer the narrow question, the context that I'm bringing to bring that answer is not cabined by an abstract set of legal concepts mm-hmm. or notions. It is also grounded in the practical reality of how yes. you would do this in practice. Yeah, and I think that that's right. And I think that you know those those firms and those suppliers that find a way to do that that doesn't over. It, it's funny because a part of me says like, yes, bring us options, and it sounds I can hear. I can hear the lawyers thinking, mm-hmm. oh, God, that's a big undertaking. That's going to be lots of paper, lots of pages. And the answer is no. That proposal was literally on, like, three slides. Um, so compared to kind of the the very deep thought I get in some of them where there's a lot of words on a page, in three slides, this particular proposal managed to get across just what you said. We understand not only that you have sort of legal issues that you have to address, we understand that you're trying to solve a business issue. And so what we're not, what we're going to do is sort of solve the legal because we can. We're going to solve the business piece or help you solve the business piece. But at the same time, we're going to give you something that is not just, quite honestly, not just teaching you, um, is basically giving you the opportunity to fish, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because now we're going to set you up with something that you can just run through in a process-oriented way the next time you've got to sort of refresh this and do it again. And cleverly, they also added, and oh, by the way, if you don't want to do it, we're perfectly happy to take that on for you, which I think, again, is a really great, I mean, it's sort of, in many ways, it is sort of skilled salesmanship. I mean, that's really what it is. I think that uh, you, you offered something that I really want to reinforce there, too, which is don't overburden with a lot of text when yes. you don't have to. So, you know, it really use, use the, the smallest number of words, use pictures, what have you, because mm-hmm. the people who are, you know, the, the buyers on our side, they're busy folks too. Mm-hmm. And so when you're giving them uh, your response, try to make it elegant, right? Yeah. Try to succinctly convey your deep understanding and what you're offering rather than <laughs> offering people a, a tome or, you know, it was effectively a memo um, because they may not have the time to deeply digest that. Right. So one other thing that I, I also did want to circle back on um, briefly because we get a lot of, uh, I perceive we get a lot of questions about this is, and, and you gave some great examples, but what is what are what are what are examples of value added extras that you have seen on some specific engagements where it's like, wow, that is something that was really valuable to the folks mm-hmm. here that I think the people on the firm side may not perceive as like, oh, that, that's something that we really like. Please mm-hmm. give us more of that. 
Sure. So one of the one, oh, there are a couple. So one of the, and again, I, I sort of say value add because I remember when I was at the firm, we had kind of our standard list. So for every RFP that we answered, we popped in the bullet list of here are all the great value adds we can give you, um, which is great. But again, it gets to that point of you're now just sort of throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Um, you know, which, you know, sometimes that's, that's what you've got to do. Um, but what I have seen work and, and are things that I think, again, go back to solving for some real practical needs on our end. So, for instance, we have a particular portfolio arrangement in which we have one firm that does, you know, a, a very large bucket of work for a particular group within CELA. Um, and one of the concerns that our internal lawyer stated was, you know, we've got this kind of committed associate that comes and spends some time at our office, our office, and that's great. But I do worry that that person is becoming more senior. And obviously, they need opportunities to get into those partner ranks just like everybody else does. And, you know, I worry. Like, what ha- what happens if this person decides to go somewhere else? Then all the time that we've invested here with, with them is, is now gone, and we'd have to retrain. So very smartly, to solve that very practical issue, the firm offered up within that arrangement another associate who was just basically a junior kind of trainee in some ways. And they weren't adding extra to the arrangement, but you know, what do we know? Presumably they set their arrangement in a way that was profitable and made money for them. But the whole goal was I've given you not just the great lawyer that does your work now, and that person comes and sits with your team and is really an integral part of your team now, but I've kind of given you an apprentice. Mm -hmm. And so that person also can ride along and learn. And you're right, when associate Y goes off and does other great things, which we expect that that person will do, you've now got a very strong replacement. And so your work doesn't have to be disruptive Mm -hmm. because of a change in sort of staffing. So that's a really great value add that that I think um, has been used a couple of times in a couple of other arrangements. we always do ask for knowledge repositories, sort of, you know, I think you've talked about the great shame that we don't have. The deep a, shame. The deep shame. <laughs> that we don't have a, a knowledge management system um, for, for legal. Um, and so, you know, we do ask our, we, we have seen firms sort of commit to doing that, to basically saying like, look, we understand that you don't want this valuable knowledge. You want the lawyers that are within our arrangement to have access to this, or maybe even beyond the arrangement to have access to this information, because it helps your lawyers move faster. Um, It helps us answer questions better. Um, If somebody can go somewhere and get a really quick answer to their question without actually reaching out to us, it helps everybody. It helps Microsoft in the long run. Um, so, So that's obviously something we look for. Um, you know, on the technology side, you know, I've seen a number of things. Like we, I think anything that helps, again, we talk about this a lot. And I never forget when, so we do this mid-year question every year. And I was, you know, fortunate enough my first year here to get on a team. And I will never forget, it's somewhat intimidating to be sitting across kind of this U-shaped pin from Brad Smith. <laughs> and, you know, we, we thought about our project really well and having Brad look me dead in the eye and say, 
how does this move the business forward? And I will not forget that because he's absolutely dead on. And so when it when I when we talk about kind of the technology improvements, they don't have to be big bang things. So we have another large portfolio arrangement in which it's very similar. It's like an all you can eat um, arrangement. And the firm is doing great work. They brought the right people to do it. Um, But what they really did was also bring the process around it and supported that by technology. So even if it is a single matter that involves a lot of different requests, they've spent the time and people and resources and technology to invest in a request tracking system so that they know when a request comes in, who's handling it, who's finished it, and sort of making sure that the start and the finish is all wrapped up and nice. Um, Which I think, again, goes back to it's important because any blip in any of that affects the ability of our lawyers internally to move our business forward um, because you're slowing down the pace of our internal clients. Um, And so, you know, that's a great way in which a firm has thought about not only have I given you a price, but I've also thought about the great the the structure that's needed to make that a valuable and a successful engagement for both you and us. Um, so you know those are some of the things. There there are several. I mean, you, we free secondments, um, CLEs. Sort of, we've had um, a number of firms that, as part of doing another sort of uh, portion of our work, will do working sessions for free with our lawyers. And that can be anywhere from just hot topics. So, you know, we obviously now have a health industry vertical, and a lot of what we needed to do there was get up to speed on who the players are. Um, and so we engaged with the firm who not only is doing some of our transactional work, but as part of that, just said, you know what, we'll give you a free day of working sessions with our partners who are deeply engaged in this area, both on the regulatory space, the government relations space. And, you know, we'll just work with you guys to help you map out your strategy for the year for free, no cost, and and brought their absolute best people to the table. Um, So those are the kind of value adds that I think are very different. And what I loved about all of them is that they were so tailored to the work that was being done. And, and, you know, again, I go back to that. We had this list that we just would put in there and they were great, but they weren't tailored to what the client was asking for. And so I think when you can find a value add component like what I've talked about and really tailor it to the needs that are either voiced or not voiced by a client, then I think those are the ones that are compelling. Those are great. The Again, you offered... Uh a gem that I really want to reinforce, which is the velocity matters. And I think that's one thing that I don't always have a, I don't sense that people outside really get that the quality is critical, mm-hmm. but it when <laughs> decisions need to happen quickly and yes. our business doesn't wait and being able to figure out how you can deliver your services to us efficiently with with you know great high quality but mm-hmm. also fast quickly is so valuable and I, I i just remember from my own private practice like i don't always think i fully internalized that 
while somebody at the client was waiting for me to get back to them, mm-hmm. there was stuff that wasn't happening. That's and, right. And that was painful for them. Yeah. And so I, I think you've offered something that's really very important. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, you know, again, I go back to, I've, I've had like sort of accidental and intentional mentors. And I remember um, there was a partner who I have a longstanding relationship with. And when I was a very young associate, I distinctly remember him telling me, you know, if, if you can appreciate that every legal matter for a client is a business decision, you're going to do just fine. Um, and I remember him approaching his practice in that way um, because you're right. It, it it is the notion of moving, you know. We the and I think Brad and, and David Howard they're all very clear. Many people in our leadership team are very clear about we are here to serve the business of Microsoft. Um, and so you know, as our lawyers here have to find ways to make that move forward. And so by extension, the law firms that we engage with need to help us in that journey to move the business forward and to make decisions quicker, smarter, faster. Because I think you brought up a very interesting point, which I think needs to be remembered is that quality is table stakes. Um, I don't know that anybody buys anything expecting it to not be quality. Um, you know, maybe there are those odd purchases where I know it's going to break in three days. But when you're talking about the procurement of legal service, no, we, we do expect it is not impressive. It's not a bonus point to say that you are the best lawyer at X because we kind of expect you to be that. Um, you know, unless, you know, it, it matters when you have a very specific niche that only a few people in the world fill. Sure, that's worth mentioning. But, you know, most of our work, we do just expect that you're going to deliver and you don't get extra bonus points for that. What differentiates you is a lot of the stuff that we've talked about here, which is how do you sort of, you know, approach this one from a relationship first model? Um, How do you show us that you're playing the long game and not sort of focused on short wins? Um, And, you know, how much are you invested in changing the way that you work that not only helps move us forward, but I think in the long run is gonna help move you forward? That makes sense. I, I mean, I think this has been invaluable. Um, I hope that people enjoy these conversations. I hope so, too. So one of the... <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not just us talking no, through the, yeah. the ether. I, the, the joke I make is, uh, you know, we're screaming down an empty hallway. Um, but no, I, I think that there is real value for these conversations that we have, hopefully getting out there, because I think that there are a lot of our external partners who would benefit from having a, a deeper, richer understanding of what we're trying to solve for mm-hmm. and what we really care about. Yep. And so I, I, I will just say that one of my delights in coming to work is occasionally I will just cruise by your office <laughs> and I'll see the door open and I'll just kind of look in and you'll be, and you'll be like, hey, and I'll be like, hey, and we, and we have these, this is That's basically right. what we do, right? We talk about this. And we do work. We do work, yes, <laughs> we still do work. But uh, but it really is the opportunity to work with people who have such mastery of this topic and are willing to teach like you. That makes my work so so full, rich, and delightful. So Good. I am grateful. Glad. So thank you for making thank, the time. No, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do more. <laughs>